Welcome back to The Edge. It's your boy, Micah Parsons, live in your Bleacher Report app. And I know you probably have a lot of questions, and a lot of comments about the game, so drop them in the chat, and I'll respond during the show. Um, my biggest takeaway from the game is, obviously, we couldn't stop the run flat out and simple. A lot of Cowboys fans have questions about how we play home versus away, and they're very valid points and accusations because of our track record so far versus us at home and us at away. Um, I don't really have an answer for you, but I just know that we need to play better. We need to get better. There's no excuses. Obviously, after a loss like that, we just couldn't stop the run. Flat out and simple. Not getting into detail. Who's fault? Who's blame? It was a collective group. But what I'm seeing is, like, what I understand is, like, everyone just waits for the Cowboys to lose. I saw multiple analysts, people who are fake analysts, who somehow got jobs on TV saying, there goes your boy, like, it's almost to the point where it's like almost sick that they're waiting for another a former players are waiting for other current players to fail so that way they have something to talk about. And I mean, it's not even to just get into names. I mean, I feel like at this point you kind of know who you are and it's like, "Oh, there he is. That's the person we've been waiting for." And it's like why do you want a person to lose so bad? As a former player and as a current player, I feel like like I'm a fan of the game, right? Whether I'm playing Josh Allen or whoever, at the end of the day, I don't want to see Josh Allen hurt. I don't want to see him fail. I want him to set out a continuous career. Um, at the end of the day, obviously, when we're playing and we're lining up, I'm trying to beat him, right? But it seems that a lot of people are just waiting for people to fail. And then you get into the criticism, and I've seen a lot of people saying, well, how do we want to use Micah? We shouldn't um, – you, you, we should use him more off the ball. Well, guess what? There was times where they moved me off the ball, and then y'all were like, well, why isn't he rushing the passer? Why isn't he doing this? It's almost like you can't – like I said, teams will always play this differently. Josh Allen averaging 30 to 40 passing attempts. So, obviously, we didn't think he was going to come out and run it the whole game and run – consecutive plays over and over again, that's obviously not part of the game plan. But it's almost like you can't always get everything you want. You you want someone to rush and then you want someone to stop the run, be off the ball. It's like you can't you can't do everything. And obviously it's easy to point because certain groupings is going to be in certain personnel. It's a lot of giveaways. What coverages you can be in is very predictable in the NFL. It's hard to win in the NFL at the end of the day. It's hard to play perfectly week in and week in out, and that's just the reality. We've seen it out of multiple great teams, and we never said the Bills were a weak team. We always said they were a really good team. They just weren't producing to the level they, they should be, and they produced at that level back-to-back weeks. They arguably could have beat the Eagles. They arguably could have beat a lot of teams. They beat the Chiefs. I mean, they're beating good teams. The Bills have always been good. It was just the turnovers, the beating themselves. But they never, no one ever said the Bills were bad. And that's just the reality of it. James Cook had a career night, bought out, you know, and that was the first time we gave up over 100 rushing yards to a player before. And that's just reality. I mean, Josh even said, I felt like a kid that didn't do anything in the class project and still got an A. Josh Allen didn't beat the, there was a great team win. You know, he was 7 for 15, four, seven passes might have been drop back and other were play action and things like that. Like, they didn't want to drop back the CR front. They, they had a goal and they got up on the lead. We beat ourselves with three crucial penalties that led to points that continued drives and so forth. But at the end of the day, 
We just got to play better. We're going to have to get better. We got an opportunity next week to go out and play the Dolphins and win that game. And that's all that matters to me. It's just high cue bounce back after you get smacked in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? Everything's all good when you're on a high horse and you're going up the mountain and everything's good. But it's time to get back to work and get better. Because at the end of the day, we may have clinched a playoff spot, but it does not matter because we're going to have to travel. We're going to have to be road warriors. We will not be the number one seed. We're going to have to get better at the end of the day. But let's get across the league. Jake Browning, another victory, beat the Vikings in OT, 27-24. The Bengals are currently the number six seed in the AFC playoff picture. Jake Browning's hooping. I've seen he had another drug test. After, after the field goal, Jake Browning got caught screaming at the camera saying they should have never cut me. I mean, we're kind of seeing this out of quarterbacks who's being traded, quarterbacks who's getting picked up. Um, we kind of seen the Josh Dobbs. But my question is, how long would this last? Can Jake continue to play at this level? Like a couple weeks ago, he hasn't played in multiple years. Now he's dominating the NFL, has a lot of great talent around him with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd. Can he contain this, right? It'll be very interesting to see how this how this goes and how long can the Bengals keep rolling without Joe Burrow. That defense is really stepping up. And what would that Jamar talk if Jamar Chase is out, how long is he out for? So it, it, this is going to be very interesting to see. Uh, I don't think this will be another Josh Dobbs situation, but time will tell because um, he's beaten a great Jags team. He just beat a pretty good Vikings team. Um, so it, it'll be very interesting to see. Getting to the Browns against the Bears. The end of the Bears-Browns was wild. Um, David Njaku had a wild reaction himself after the end of the game. I mean, look how close Mooney was to having this. Like, like that is nuts. Like, Mooney was so close to ending that game. <laughs> uh, he said, I damn near myself, dog. Like, that's nuts. Like, I actually saw a stat where the Browns have had 10-plus over 10 games where they were leading 10-plus going to the fourth quarter, not one. So this Browns team is a really good team. They just have to finish games better. I think at the end, they'll be transitioning, especially going into next year with the draft cap they have and getting more players, and they still have a lot of money in free agency. I mean, the Bears is really going to be a very good team. The Bears is going to be a legitimate playoff team next year. I truly believe. I think they can beat. They can win out in the NFC North. Obviously, beating the they beat the Packers. I mean, they're beat. I mean, I think this team can legitimately be a top playoff team uh, as of next year with Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is coming along a lot of way, and I think they're going to keep adding talent, keep getting better, and they're going to be a legitimate playoff team, um, especially once they learn how to finish games off. Can Joe Flacco continue to have the Browns pulleys for the playoffs? We always knew the Browns was a well-coached team. Obviously, with Deshaun Watson out, Chubb out, um, and players like that, the Browns' defense is still there. The Browns' defense is still there. They can still make the playoffs. They can still make the run. But how far can a Super Bowl champion, Joe Flacco, take them? Obviously, they have a great game against the uh, Bears, but can he do that? Can he play like he did the week before? at a high level, and can he? how far can he take this team? Because when you got Miles Garrett, you got Denzel Ward, um, you got Martin Emerson, you got uh, Grant Delpit, all these great players, the Darius Smith on that defense, uh, it could go very far, and I think this is a very good team. Miles Garrett made comments about the refs in his post-game press conference after the GS game. He was fined 25000 He says he stands by what he says and hope it has a positive impact. At the end of the day, and, and I'm saying this, right, it's almost like the players just got to shut up and play because no matter what we say, no matter what we complain about, we're not getting calls. I mean, 
you we can't buy a holding call. You can't buy anything in this league. The rest are going to call what they want. Um, the review is BS. I mean, it's just it's just unpredictable what they're doing. And then when you go out and speak, they find you. When you go out and play what football is, they find you. So it does not matter what you do almost in the NFL. They are going to find you. Uh, DeMonte KZ just got fined. Well, not even fine. He just lost money and just got suspended for the rest of the season for making an illegal hit. What is that man supposed to do? His head did not hit. He put his shoulder into Michael Pittman's chest, and he just got suspended for the rest of the year for a throw that Gardner Minshew make. He's trying to make a flying catch. Is a player just supposed to let another player catch the ball? What is the point of playing defense anymore in the NFL if you cannot make hits? I did not think that was a bad hit. I did not think it was a dirty hit. He made a play where he thought he could, and it's unfortunate Michael Pittman got hurt. That's completely unfortunate. But as Tom Brady said, and people at the people again, they are making it almost impossible to play defense in the NFL. I mean, you look at the play with J. Ron Kirschman on that second and long, the player drops the ball. He doesn't put his head down. His shoulder doesn't go on. He comes on top of the player after he drops the ball, and he gets an unnecessary roughness. It's just like, how can you play football in the NFL right now? It's almost completely like we're in a sport where they make it so hard to play defense and so easy to play offense. You see Josh Allen, he's 6'6", 240. People call him a running back. He could flop and get a defensive, uh, uh, a roughing the passer. It's just like, what are you supposed to do with some of this stuff? And I mean, the late slides, the time up, they run all the way into the point you're about to contact them in the slide. There needs to be a gap in between the slides. I mean, they make it so hard, and then sometimes they don't even slide. They just keep running. When you think they're going to slide, they make it so hard to play defense, and it's across the league. It's across the league, and it's and it's obvious. It's obvious. But yet, I see time and time again, you could be rushing a tackle, and a chipper could come blindside hit you, but let you do that to an offensive player or you return a touchdown and it's illegal. It's just like, where is the space for defense? Where is the space? Where is there going to be breathing room? I mean, and it's terrible right now. It's honestly terrible. I think the NFL needs to make adjustments. They need to make um, – it's almost like football is turning into basketball, right? Football is supposed to be some phys- a physical sport where it's man-on-man and – at the end of the day, it's supposed to go into whatever happens, happens, right? If you can't handle the sport, don't play it, right? Our viewership don't want to see flags for flops and things like Like, this isn't basketball. I'm not calling basketball players, you know, anything, but they do a lot of fake charges, flopping. I see so many people act like they got hit in the face and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, I can't go into no rec league with these players because they'll call foul for almost everything. Like, it's just... It's almost, it's like embarrassing the sport. And I know maybe that's why old heads in the league say, man, I couldn't play in these times. I couldn't do this in these times. And it's understandable. They're changing the game where it's just such an offensive league where you just can't do anything. I mean, anything. But that that's my piece on it. I mean, if they change it, they change it. They don't, I don't. We just got to play and just keep doing what we're trying to do and that's just contain these great players and just can't hit them you just you can do everything in football but can't have i think football will be flag football in about five ten years i mean honestly we're penalizing and taking money from people's families 
for playing the way the game should be played. You know, I think if anything, people like Ryan Clark, Troy Palomaro, Ray Lewis, these great players who we who we love for the way they played the game. If they played in today's day, they might be kicked out of the league. Like, is that like is that not insane? Like the Ronnie Lotts, the Ed Reeds, like the people, the Sean Taylors. Why do people love Sean Taylor? Because of his energy, how he he loved the game. He used to come down and kill people, kill people. But yet now we we're basically saying we don't want that anymore. We don't want those great players that we constantly talk about, the people that we love, the people that we put in the Hall of Fame and we cherish. We don't want them people to be those guys no more. We don't want that. We want this new era of BS that we're calling. It's new eras. This new era is crazy. The people that we – and it's almost like you got to be mindful of trying to hit a player or touch a player because you don't want to get fined. You don't – and, like, you see players – coming off on could be sacks because they're pumping the ball and you don't want to hit a quarterback late. You don't want to cost your team. It's just ridiculous. I mean, just outright ridiculous. But uh, let's just move on. Uh, the Ravens clinch a playoff spot and then Sunday, Sunday night went over the Jags. The Ravens clinch the spot, believe they're the first in the AFC. I don't think people are talking about Lamar Jackson's season enough. Lamar Jackson has 3,100 yards, 17 TDs, seven receptions. The Ravens are 11-3. Obviously playing great defense. Defense is playing lights out. And they're they're doing this. Uh, Brock Purdy is currently the, the favorite. 3,795 yards, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions. The 49ers is 11-3. And he's obviously the MVP favorite right now. Does the Ravens and 49ers on Christmas have an MVP co- implications? Um... I don't believe it's MVP complications. I think right now, Brock Purdy is obviously because of last week, uh, he's a clear favorite. But I think this is the type of game that uh, people are waiting to see. Obviously, with the Ravens having that uh, great defense and who they have over there and the way they play, it'll be very fun to see, interesting to watch the game. I think this is going to be a very good game. And obviously, see what Brock Purdy does against the best AFC team because right now, people we will arguably say the 49ers are the best team in the NFL right now. If you're speaking numbers-wise, analytically, everyone's healthy and who they all have. So it's going to be a great game and uh, super excited to see. But the 49ers pass rushers is going to have to find a way to contain Lamar Jackson, and it's going to be a very good one. Uh, super excited to watch that game. And uh, let's take some final questions from the chat, and then we'll get into the Cowboys-Dolphins game. How much did y'all miss Jonathan Haken's last game? Obviously, we always when we're missing a player, it's truly terrible, it's, it's sufferable. I mean, Haken's going to come back and be a great player for us um, no matter what. Did everyone having the stomach bug impact the game? I wouldn't say everyone uh, it impacted the game, but obviously when you're dealing with a lot of stuff and people are battling illness, Gilly was out all week and things like that, obviously impacts of how you structure the game, who's out there, and uh, the people that's getting the reps and the looks and things like that. I know it's often say holding happens on every play, so how often should a flag really be thrown? I think when it's blatant, I think when I had that rush against the center, you got to call it. That's third down. I mean, I believe I'm getting a sack if this guy's not pulling on me, draping my arm. I can't even get both my arms up. I'm clearly past him. You can't be blocking me behind me. That's my thought about it. Uh, and that's just something that has to be called. And, and that's a and that's a crucial down and situation where it should be called. Is it tough playing in cold weather when you get used to playing indoors at home? I don't believe so. I played at Penn State, bro. Like I'm I'm from up north. I played in Pennsylvania where we played district games and state games in 30 degree weather, winds, all that stuff. Uh it really has no impact on me. Uh 
health wise, my knee is perfectly fine. Um, rehab, things like that to get back in place. I see Henry Jersey on the wall. Is he still a top five RB, especially if he leaves the Titans? I believe so. I think Derrick Henry's a product of his system right now. I mean, if you look at that game, people are flying through the line, going on block, busting through double teams, and uh, they're just not appreciating this. Thing, yeah, I think uh, the Titans is in a whole rebuild. Will Levis just got hurt again, and he was playing at a great level. Um, they're aligned. They're trying to get their guys back together. They're, they they let Taylor Luan go and a couple other guys go. So he's playing behind a bunch of backups and uh, things like that. So I think Derrick Henry definitely needs a better look. How would you feel about your team selling 45-cent tickets like the Panthers did yesterday? You know, that just happens. When you're not playing at a really good level and you're not playing well, uh, you know, it sucks. And that's the reality of it. And I don't think Atlanta has a lot of fan base that's traveling right now for them. So it sucks, you know. Um, it, it's terrible to see, but, you know, that's part of it. You know, you got to play well for people who want to come see you. What are you getting the team for Christmas? I'm thinking about getting the team Hokas. I'm a big Hokas guy. I've been trying to – actually, Hokas, if you're watching this, I've been trying to partner with you guys to get custom Cowboys Hokas for the D-line room and a bunch of other guys on the team. So if you see this, please contact me. I've been team Hoka for a while. I actually got my Hokas on right now. You know, I got the Hoka slippers on, you know, so Hoka's, if you out there, you know, just hit me up, baby. I got my Hoka's on. I'm a big Hoka's guy. I wear Hoka's everywhere just because for me, I like to be comfortable, especially when I go to amusement parks and I'm walking all day. Hoka's take a lot out on my knees and stuff like that. So if you got feet problem, hey, go get you some Hoka's for sure. About the Dolphins, how would the Cowboys defense be prepared for two-headed monster, the backfield that Miami has? Um, that's just us. We just got to go out there and play. At the end of the day, uh, what happened happened last week. You got to have that next mentality and get ready to ball out. Um, how disappointed will you be if Tyreek Hill can't play? Um, not too disappointed, honestly. Tyreek Hill, obviously, is a monster of a player. But obviously, his house is way more important than any record or anything he's trying to do. Uh, Tyreek Hill is going to be great no matter what. And if he don't break the record this year, I'm pretty sure he's going to break it before he retires because that's the type of player he is. He's a hell of a player. He's super exciting to watch. And, I mean, you know, I just want him to get healthy because I know he's going to help his team make a great playoff run. That's it for the questions. Obviously, we got a hell of a matchup. Me and Tyreek been talking all year, all along. Um it's going to be great to see, you know, in a great matchup. Obviously, uh, Tyreek, I know he's been waiting for this. That's probably why I said out last week. I doubt he misses this game, even though he's dealing with that ankle injury. But he's a hell of a player. Uh, this matchup is both two playoff teams, two playoff teams that could possibly see each other in the final, you know, obviously. So it's going to be a great matchup. Great to get. Great game. Super excited. Uh, you know, it, it's going to come. It's going to be a battle. The Dolphins have one of the best receiving cores if not the best receiving core, but Waddle and Tyreek in the league and a great running back duo. Mostert has the most RB TDs. It's unlimited speed out there. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be like that. And for the humidity in Miami, let y'all know, uh, we in Texas, baby. Don't get hotter than Texas. We're used to the, I'm pretty much used to the heat and the cold by now. Um, been in here for three years and being a PA my whole life. So, you know, it's going to be very exciting and I can't wait to be out there. So Cowboys Nation, uh, I know that was a rough one, and I know that's not something y'all wanted to see, but we're going to need everybody's support. Come out to the sunny side of Miami, Florida, or Fort Lauderdale, wherever the stadium is, and come and support your Cowboys. We need y'all. We need to make this feel like a home game. We got to come up, come up and show out at the end of the day. And that's simple. You know, and that's just how it's going to be. 
I want to thank everyone for tuning in to The Edge with your boy Michael Parsons. I'll see y'all next week. And that's it. Peace.